Hey, welcome back to the Infamous Podcast. This is Brian. And this is episode 366, Certified Infamous, the best hashtag Certified Infamous, best of 2022. Real quick, we want to say Merry Christmas. We took last week off um, just because the holidays were in the way and we, you know, just ran out of time. Anyway, Happy New Year if you're listening to this on the first. Um, if you're not listening to this on the first, I guess happy 2023. Hopefully you're not still hungover. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway. All right. So, um, yeah. Daryl, how you doing? I'm doing very well. I am very excited because tomorrow is the big day. Michigan playoff football. And yep, the, it's it's just very exciting. I'm rooting for Georgia to be the first repeat champion since 2011-2012. You're dead to me. Well, here's the thing. I hate Ohio State. You're dead to me. I mean, if Michigan was playing Ohio State first, I would be rooting for them to win. You're dead to me. Well, I mean, I can be dead to you all you want. You still have to record a podcast with me. Uh, I would like to announce my stand-in, <laughs> Cooper Jasper. Come on in, Coop. Achoo. Oh, God. You're, you're one of those. One of those. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, all right. So this was an interesting year for television and film. Um a lot of really good stuff came out and ended right before the end of the year. Um, obviously, Spider-Man Far From Home is not, or No Way Home, sorry, is not on this list because that was a movie from last year, no matter how many times I wrote it down. <laughs> I know, right? I was like, okay, I'll, yeah, Spider-Man, yeah. This is good. Let's do that. Um, you know... I had a hard time. I, I mean, we'll get into this, but I had a hard time with the movies. I did too. I did not I, like, like a lot of the movies I saw this year. Yeah, I, I did too. There were a lot of movies that I think may could have been on. Well, actually, no, because there were some movies I watched in the last week or so where I mm -hmm. watched the first 30 minutes and I was like, this is not going to be on my list. I'll come back and watch it later. Right, right. So, <laughs> But yeah, yeah, I agree with you about the movies. Like, uh, there were a lot of movies that, to uh, uh, quote our boy, were mid. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Mid. Yeah, and then there were a couple movies that I just didn't get to see. You get out in the theaters to see, and those were like Black Panther. That was not going to be on my list, by the way. Yeah. I, right. I could tell you that from the start, from right. what I've heard about it. But there were a couple other movies that uh, that I had heard about that looked good. And I just just didn't get a chance to see him. Right. So. But like, I mean, I mean, it's the same thing with like TV. There was a lot of really good TV. Like, yeah. I'm just gonna spoil it. The Boys, even though we both really enjoyed The Boys, is not on either one of our lists. No, it was not. So and I was like, did The Boys come out in 2022? <laughs> Dude, I did the same thing. I'm thinking, uh, yeah, The Boys. And then I actually stopped and thought about it, and yeah. Oh, yeah, the Soldier Boy thing was great, but right, it just yeah. didn't stick with me. Nope. Like, just overall, the, the season did not yeah. like, like imp it, make an imprint on me. 
Yeah, like the previous seasons, like I've gone back and like at least like spot watched through the season, mm-hmm. but like I did not right. do that this year. Um, all right, so let's go ahead and get started with our best of TV shows. Um, you guys know the rules one bite and then oh, wait, no, hold on. <laughs> you guys know the rules. So, uh, Daryl will go first and then I'll go. And we'll do our top fives, and then we'll just do a speed round where we each give off our, our honorable mentions. And at least for me, I'm not going to rate them one to five. It's yeah, just no, no. It's in no whatever. particular order. These are just the shows we liked best this year. Yes. So, cool. Um, do you want to start? Yes, I will start off with... Uh... Actually, why don't we start off with the, the couple that we have in common on our yes. main list? And and then that way we can kill two birds with one stone. Yeah. So I'll start with Superman and Lois mm-hmm. because I think that's probably going to be on this list every year that there is a season. Right. Even though I think next season is going to be the last. But anyway, just again some some great content. I I just love these characters. And it, and yes, there are a couple characters in the show. Um. Um, Lois's sister mm-hmm. uh, and the her co-worker at the mm-hmm. that Bailey Gazette or whatever the Smallville yeah. that but overall I just love the family dynamic right of Clark Lois and the boys and yeah I love the stuff with John Henry and then his daughter comes in this year and I thought she was so good well at we, first we did not well, think she was so good at first n- at first, I did not like her. I absolutely did not like her at first. I thought it was just going to be one of those, again, a whiny brat. And this is a CW, so what are we going to do? Because, you know, mm-hmm. But I was, again, these writers, there are not many writers out there that have my trust. Right. These writers have my trust. I th- and Yeah. I, I think on that vein, for me, it's more um, Todd Helbig has my trust yes that's what i mean yeah um, him, not helping you're yeah, right yeah over the whole you know because there was a writer in season one that had to be let go because yeah well why we can't the kids be black so well. so for right now what they've done mm-hmm. i i mean i love this show and i'm i'm so looking forward to season three like okay. i said i think it's gonna be the last one but there it was no doubt this was going to be on my list yeah oh yeah same um, like I'm, you know, I, I will still stand by my favorite thing about this show is Clark Kent and her dad. Yes. Um, you know, it, it's such a different take on Superman. Uh, it was really interesting watching the relationship between him and Tal Rowe grow to, you know, something actual familial and, and loving, um, you know, with at the end Tal giving the boys the, the monster trucks and then, like, piecing out to the, you know, the upside down <laughs> or the inside out. I love out that. You call it the upside down. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, going, going to the other place where he's not powerful. No. He, he, he gave up a life of, like, you know, constant, um, you know, temptation to use his powers and, and you know, embrace his, his darker self, his, uh, um, his Dexter dark passenger, if you will. And went somewhere where he's completely mortal. 
So I, I loved that. Um, yeah, Lucy was not a great character. Um, I blame that on the Supergirl show because it was the same actress and you know, she's not she's not the best actress in the world. And to be honest, the Lucy storyline was one of the first things that's like, this is a miss on all accounts. Um, the Allie Alston thing being Parasite, which is my favorite Superman villain, I really enjoyed that take. Um, especially when you tied Bizarro into it. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. And I, I got to say, I was a little disappointed with the whole the ending of Bizarro. Bro. Yeah. I, I get why they did it. Yeah. It, it, it. I think it made sense. Uh, I definitely, when it happened, I did not like it at all. Yeah, it, we, uh, yeah, we dying so early. Yeah. But, but it added I did stakes like the, to Clark because yes. if so the planets did merge, there was no one for him to merge with. That was really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. and I that, again, we were we were talking about the, is this doomsday? Is this doomsday? Right, and then right. Again, Helbig. I mean, it was Just, such a great swerve because it's like, oh yeah. yeah, Doomsday. Check it out. It's 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 Doomsday. No, it's, he did it it's, last year. Yeah, he did a season one where it was like uh, Captain Luthor, mm-hmm. and then we got the fact that he's John Henry Irons, which right that was one of my favorite reveals of that a was, show. In the last that was the years. best reveal. Um, that was I, amazing. I also want to like like just call out like Taylor Buck who played Natalie Irons. She she turned into a huge bright spot on the show. And and part of that is when we talked about this, we were like, oh, this this character is insufferable. We never said anything about her as an actor. It was, you know, she was super likable. Um, You know, I will miss uh, Angus McFadden as Dorel. You know, that that her going like him going away like that. Um, I still am rooting for Kyle Cushing. Because Eric Valdez is so goddamn likable, um, but yeah. And then uh, Colonel Anderson or whatever his name is, uh, Colonel Anderson. Colonel Anderson. That is the sound of inevitability. Um, he makes an appearance on another one of my shows, um, so um, I, I find that he is the. Uh, <laughs> He's the he's the driving force between the two. <laughs> All right. Uh, so our second one that we had in common is the Terminal List, which I was not familiar at all with the source material or the books or anything like that. Uh, I am a huge Chris Chris Pratt fan, um, and I like those military, you know like dramas kind of like spy trade craft. And at the same time, like, you know, something big, deeper mystery. Um, the books by Jack Carr, I really want to get into, uh, at some point here this year or in 2023, sorry. Uh, it also had our boy Jai Courtney and our boy Taylor Kitsch in it. So, you know, I was, I was pretty much on board just from seeing that, um, it also had Patrick Schwarzenegger, Arnold Schwarzenegger's kid. I was really happy he got killed off quick. Yes. So, because <laughs> the governor is the douchebag governor. Anyway, um, I also thought it was shot like as far as like these Amazon shows, they've really upped their game. And I think that started with the boys um, with the look and feel of the show. 
And this was some, this was definitely like a prestige, like something that like HBO would have done five or six years ago with the, the care and effort that they put into it. Absolutely. Um, and I, again, I, I like these type of shows. I'm, I'm rereading this Joe Ledger series. It's a military sci-fi series, which is, I would actually, based on what Amazon has done with the Terminal List and with Reacher, I think this would, that, that would be a great property for them. They're both hit and miss. Amazon is so hit and miss. Uh, so the Terminal List, I really love Chris Pratt's performance. This is honestly, I think we've talked about it when we were reviewing it. This this is his best acting performance that I've ever seen Chris Pratt. Yeah. Like the depth of emotion that he conveys uh, as this character. There, you know, We're so used to Chris Pratt being you know, this daring, happy-go-lucky type guy. Right. In almost everything he does. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look at even the Jurassic World movies, even the Tomorrow World. I mean, War like movie. even in Zero Dark Thirty, where he was one of the yeah. the seals who was hunting down Bin Laden, he was the Joker of that group. Mm-hmm. So, um, and hey, real quick, just a sideline. Um, remember when I told you the Expanse didn't air at all in 2022? It did. Uh, January 7th and January 14th. So The Expanse is just on our list. We we don't need to yes. tread over that anymore. It's just a fantastic fucking show and everybody should watch Absolutely. it. Absolutely. I'm going to add it to the show notes. Um, a thousand percent. <laughs> I, a thousand percent if I would have so, realized yeah. that. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to add that right now. But I just, I was as we were talking, I was like, wait a second. <laughs> anyway. All right. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I mean, I really like this show, and I, I'm not a, I'm, I haven't read the books. I did actually read probably like a thirty, like a sample of the book, and it, it seemed like something I would be able to get yeah. into. Um, but it's very, it, it's just a very strong show, and it again goes to show, and and again, Jack Carr was very, very involved in this. Right. The I mean, he was, uh, he was in the show. He got assassinated. Yes. Yeah, he, he got he got filled with bullets in that in one of my in a great just a great short shootout, which Yeah, he got which, some lead poisoning but, for sure. Yeah, but this was this this series had, was great on the action, great on the intrigue. There are a couple of things you saw coming, but I, I never I, as long as as long as the show or movie is still entertaining, I don't care if I see something from a mile away. I, right. I, I'm usually pretty good at seeing things. And hey, if you surprise me bonus but mm-hmm. if you even if you don't surprise me and yet still present a good compelling story with compelling characters and good action i don't care if it's predictable i really don't it's all about how well done it is and terminal list is i can't wait for season two same 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 all right what's next on yours i'm going to stay with amazon and again this is showing how Amazon does actually put out good stuff, mm-hmm. and this is the peripheral. Uh, it's the it stars, uh, uh, what is uh, uh, Jack Rayner, Chloe Grace Moritz. It is based on a novel by William Gibson of the same name that came out in 2014. Uh, Jonathan Nolan, uh, of our Westworld fame, is one of the producers behind this show, and right. it really shows because there's a lot of back and forth between timelines and the idea of the peripheral is the long and short of it is 
in the present time of the show, which is 2032, I, I believe. Uh, Chloe Grace Moretz, she does gaming, in, and she actually, her and her brother get hired to basically help people beat levels in these VR sims. And they get a, he gets a new peripheral where mm-hmm. it ends up being from the future and a lot of future shenanigans and timelines. And there's a lot of ideas about time travel. And it's very similar to what we get from Endgame, where if you go back in time and change something, you're not changing that timeline. You're creating, and in this show, they call it a stub, which is a different timeline branched out from that different choice that was made. Right. It is one of those shows that it's 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 you have to pay attention to just like westworld you absolutely have to pay attention to Chloe grace uh and her name is flynn and her brother jack rayner like their their chemistry as, as siblings is so well done and there there are a lot of ideas that are thrown out that i uh, that i kind of want to read the books but at the same time i don't right. because there's just so much going on and it's and it's one of those shows that there are a lot of unlikable people in this show. And what I mean by that is just like there, there are three or four different sides to things. Right. But the thing it does is our main protagonists are flawed, are flawed people, but you are 100% behind them. And right. not just from their acting performances, but their, the characters the writers have created for them. I don't know how close it is to the books or not. I, again, I've never read the books. I'm I'm I've l- looked up a lot of stuff about William Gibson and he, he like the type of sci-fi he does and I might just go back into because there was like season one left on a cliffhanger. I'm really hoping for a season two because I think it did pretty well in the ratings and in the viewership. But this is an example, other than Terminal List, other than Reacher, this is another original property taken from a book that Amazon and has done a great job at. Yeah. It's just that they suck at the fantasy. Yeah. But this um, is just an example that they can do good things. So here's the thing. Is they don't too. suck at the fantasy. It's they hired bad people to do the fantasy. Um, it says yeah. pr- the peripheral season two renewal is imminent. Um, and that's coming from like Collider and um, okay. Amazon advisor and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, no, I, I told you I watched the first episode and a half and I really liked what I saw. It was just like timing of being able to sit down and watch it. Um, I like the dude who's like, um, gizmo duck and then goes and like attaches himself into the motorcycle. He was pretty cool. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. I, I liked him. Yeah. The, the, um, the one armed, no legged, um, vet who is a badass. Connor. Um, yeah. Connor. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Um, so my next one is I'm just gonna stick with Amazon here, and it's Reacher. Um, Reacher's on my list. It's on your your you know honorable mentions. Um, I love this show. I actually watched I watched through the whole season twice um, after we were done reviewing it. I went back and rewatched it and just kind of to enjoy it and not try and pick it apart. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a huge Alan Richards Richmond Richardsman's fan. I don't know how you say his name. Rickman. Rickman. Thank you. Um, I miss him on Titans already. Uh, <laughs> uh, he was the best part, dude. Now nah, this season wasn't bad. Um, not oh, really like not top five, not even honorable mention worthy, but it was still an enjoyable watch. Um, it's the first half is only six episodes. Um, but no reacher reacher was, it was very much like in, in the vein of that first Lee child's book, which I really enjoyed. And I'm not bashing the Tom Cruise movies cause I, I own and watch both of them. Um, you know, semi-frequently, 
it's on that that whole rotation of like, oh, I need to watch something when I work. Oh, I'll just throw on the Tom Cruise Reacher movies. Um, but it was more in line with what you want to see. I think um, as much as we talked about how good the Terminal List looked, um, Reacher could have been on like the CW or you know, um, sci-fi or like a paramount, like it didn't have that same like polish to it, um, in the look and feel department, but at the same time it really worked for the show because it's about a dude who's just got a ton of grit. Um, he's super smart. He's, you know, when we were watching it, we were talking about like the fighting style that they created for him. Um, it took into account like his size and, and his athletic ability, but also the fact that dude is just like, just built and he's, he's made to take damage. And like, we saw that happen in the show. Like he, mm-hmm. like there were no squash matches with him and that was really, really <laughs> cool. Yeah. I, I, like you said, it's in my honorable mention. I'm, I'm a fan of Rickson. I've been a fan, well, been a fan of him since he showed up uh, in, as Arthur Curry mm-hmm. in Smallville back in the day. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I really like him as an actor, and, and I like a lot of stuff what he does as a person, although you know, that's neither here nor there in this, necessarily. I, I did like this show, and you're right. It, it didn't have that same polish as Terminal List, it, it, like, the, like the sets, and it didn't feel as lived in as the Terminal List did. Uh, granted, it was on a smaller scale. It was taking place in a small town still. I, 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 yeah, I loved him as Reacher. I, I liked the supporting cast. Uh it was just another example that, you know, you can make if you, and like I say, I've never read the Reacher novels either or not either. You said you, you've read, I read them, the first one. Like, the first so, one. yeah. Um, and I really liked it. Yeah. So you're right. It's, it's when they have like a good creative team. Cause you looked at like Willa Fitzgerald, right. Who was, um, the, uh, the female lead. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and they very easily could have been like, Oh, well, look, she can just take down, take Alan Richardson down like it's nothing. Um, and, and they didn't do that. There was a ton of restraint there. Like, she understood that any interaction that she had with him that, like, he could break her immediately. Um, and But she wasn't just, like, this pretty damsel in a dress. She was also a, uh, you know, very much uh, a capable detective and, and, and mm-hmm. you know... Um, one of the few honest police officers and, and that sort of thing. Um, I really, really enjoyed her on the show and, and the relationship that they had, I thought was great. Like the, there were two actors that were bringing the best out of each other. Yeah. And I, I, I like the supporting lead. Uh, what, what is he, what was the guy's name in played in I zombie? Oh, Malcolm Goodwin. Yeah. Malcolm. Yeah. So, Oscar. yeah, I, I like, yeah, I liked his, you know, his chemistry with, with Reacher oh, and their, yeah. especially in the beginning when they're, when they first meet each other for the, and mm-hmm. it just that back and forth and it, you know, it slowly turns into a camaraderie. Right. I, I, again, I thought that they did, they did a fine job with, you know, your three main players and how well they portrayed these characters, not right. just the actors, but you know, the, the interactions, the dialogue and all that stuff. So yeah, this didn't quite make my top five uh, or top six, if you count the expanse, but uh, yeah. it was, it was close. It was very close to doing. So. Yep. Yeah. Cool. All right. Uh, what do you have next? 
So next on my list is Cobra Kai, Cobra Kai, Cobra Kai. Um, man, and that I'm made my honorable at, mention. I was going to say, I'm just looking at your yeah. honorable mentions, and I actually, there was a couple honorable mentions I should have put in mine, namely Warrior Nun and old, The Old Man. Yep. But uh, yeah, Cobra Kai is... Now, it, I, I would say this season for me was a, a little bit a step down from the previous couple seasons. Maybe that's why you have it on your honorable mention mm-hmm. instead of your you know, top list. So I, I can see that. Again, it's still one of those shows that brings such joy to me. It's just... It, it's And again, I, I'm going to say the same thing, a similar instance when we talk about our top movies and one of the movies on the list. It's just pure joy watching it's not a great movie by any stretch of the imagination this show is a show that shouldn't work we it's like right. it's odd I'm, I'm saying this odd nauseum because i think every time we talk about it we say very similar things in the sense of this just shouldn't work mm-hmm. now with that being said i like i said i think this was a little a step down from what from the usual quality still i, I it's just such a fun show i have such a good time with it i had i couldn't leave it off this list yeah i mean like it made i'll just be quick it just made the honorable mention for me because um it wasn't the reason i kept netflix yeah right like i i signed back i turned my netflix account back on just to watch it but there were other things it's like okay since i have i'm gonna watch it and then since warrior none was coming out you know i'm gonna keep it and then you know it's Mm -hmm. now it's it's gonna be gone again soon so um, nice. Okay, so my next one is Yellowstone on uh, the Paramount Network. Um, it's just great. Like it's one of those shows that you hear all this hype about and in everything. And Jenna and I started watching it oh a couple months ago, and we we like kind of we we did what you and Jess did. We kind of like limited how many episodes we'd watch in a night. Um, <laughs> but like we tore through the first four seasons and then this new season has like the season five the first half of season five has been great it's one of these shows that doesn't skip a beat um at all like it's there there's it's not like okay we're in a new season now it's like no this is the story this is the you know the continuing voyage of these minnesota ranchers and and their fight against you know everybody who wants to come and ruin their way of life, you know? And, uh, it also one it's well, I mean, Kevin Costner. And if you guys listen to our fretboard episode from the beginning of last year, like, or into last year, um, like Kevin, like Kevin Costner, we love, I love Kevin Costner. I'm a huge fan of him. And, and this is the perfect role for him. And the other thing is I look at this and it made me think of, it actually makes me think about the expanse a lot. Um, because Holden is from Montana and, you yeah. know, his parents, he had six parents who all through their genetic material to have him be around to protect Montana. And like, even when you got the scene where, um, Avasarala went to visit his mom and it's like, yeah, it is still pure. It's the only like pure place left on earth. Mm-hmm. I just, so I don't know. I just really, I enjoy it. I enjoy the drama. My only issue is like, it's really hard to find people to root for. Um, 
and this is where the Superman and Lois, um, Supes and Lolo tie-in comes in. Is uh, the guy plays Ryan is Ian Boehm, who was Colonel Anderson in season two. Oh, okay. So and he's one of the he's one of the ranch hands um, on on the Yellowstone Dutton Ranch. Okay. So and he's like a main character. He's awesome. I, like like I love his character. Um, you know. So it's just. Uh, it's it's one of those things that it, it's a fun show. It's it's not a fun show. It's a heavy show, um, but I, I enjoy it. It it's another one of these shows that just looks beautiful. It's like the care that goes into, you know, showing what the ranch looks like versus Bozeman versus the Indian Reservation, and then all the people involved. It's 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 really quite quite astounding that this is a show that's on the Paramount Network. Mm-hmm. So. Anyway, what do you have next? Next on my list is we're staying with Netflix. And this is where kind of where I was. I, I was in that trouble where, okay, should it be this? Should it be that? Like, there were several Netflix shows in contention. Mm-hmm. I went with Stranger Things. Yeah. Because primarily, one, the biggest thing about this season of Stranger Things, and they were part one and two, technically, even though it really wasn't was the fact that it finally got back to what made stranger things for me special uh, that you know that first season and you know season two was bumpy for me season three was okay i i, I didn't mind season three i you know, actually had fun with it in like season three like what six years ago but uh this season it it really refocused on what like I said, what made it special? And uh, yes, it's kind of weird sometimes looking at some of these kids and <laughs> look at how much they've grown up. Because again, it's been I think three years since season three. So, but other than that, you know, getting more history behind um, Eleven uh, and, and you know, get getting the new villain in Vecna and everything that that. It going into the upside down, getting a little bit more information in the upside down, meeting Eddie, which was I, I love his character and you know his his little arc. I, I just had so such a good time with this show, and the, there then it it reintroduced the creep factor as far as the creepiness of Vecna and you know th- what some of the stuff that he was doing better than the last couple seasons. So I, I mean I really really enjoyed this season of Stranger Things. Yeah, I didn't watch it. Did, is that one of the ones that you started like season the episode and just never went back to or went to sleep on no i never bothered with season four oh, i don't okay. i don't like it i didn't i don't okay. it's not a show that i'm like emotionally invested in like i don't know i just there's just something about it that it's like mm, I, it just doesn't i don't know well no it's, it's not for that, me that, you know yeah that and that's fine uh, i mean you it just shows you're not perfect. So no, I'm just kidding. But yeah, I, that's... I mean, if if that's what's keeping me from not being perfect, then <laughs> yes, I am perfect. Thank you. No, but no, that happens too. Like like I yeah. said, there are movies that I see that I can actually say objectively, I think it's a good movie, but it's not for me. I'll never watch it again. Right, right, right. right. But so, so I mean, I that's mean, not a yeah. I just like it's just not a I story that I care about. So all right, yeah. so that was your last one, right? Yeah. Yes. All right. So my last one is the bear. Um, from FX, it's um, the story of a family's uh, Chicago beef store, um, and in the uh, the prodigal son, 
I think would be the right way to say it. Um, yeah. When, uh, I want to get, when, when Carmi, uh, he's a, he's a world famous chef and he comes back to, to run his, uh, his family's store. And this is an eight episode series. It's picked up for season two already. Um, it was on FX. Um, Jeremy Allen White, who plays Carmine Carmi, uh, is uh, from Shameless, which I really liked his character on Shameless. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we've got like the family. We've got Richie or cousin, as they like to call each other, played by Eben Moss Bakrin, Bakrek, um, who was, was also, um, oh shit, what was his name on Punisher? The sidekick. Uh, Micro. I Micro. I always want to call him Manos. Um, um, you know, it, it's Oliver Platt is in there a bunch. It, it's like he's like a Chicago like mob guy. Essentially, he's kind of connected to me, Cicero, Cicero. Um, but one, I'm a sucker for kitchen shows, right? Mm-hmm. Um, two, I'm a sucker for anything that is done this well. And three, the final episode, they recreated the restaurant that they were shooting in as a set. Um, and for the most part, did it as a single take. And the skill level that goes into that is amazing. Now, it, it's not like it's not a perfect show, right? It's definitely like drags in a few places. And, and sometimes you're like, you know, what, why, why aren't any of you learning anything? Um, and then, you know, they, they did the kind of the thing where there's the young black chef where she comes in and she just knows everything and knows how to do and and nobody wants to listen to her. And, um, that was one of the, one of the few issues I had is she was, she gets fired at one point and then there's, um, like the dessert chef who, who like self teaches himself how to be a master baker essentially. And they both get fired and they both know why they got fired, but neither one of them are like, yeah, you know, this is like, I own this. Like, it's always like, oh, fuck everybody else. Or this is everybody else's fault. It's like, neither one of you were doing the thing that you were supposed to do and you're making everybody else in their lives miserable. So, you know, but it's not to say they were bad characters though. That's the thing. It was like, it was just like there was so much character development that went into everybody that they, these two characters regressed there in that last episode was, was kind of hard to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I, not hard to watch as the show, but hard to watch as those characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, this is like when you were talking about stranger things, this mm-hmm. is what I was just talking about. Yeah. I, we, we, ne- we never finished this show, but we'll go back and finish. Uh, I thought it was a very well done show, but it was just tough trying to root for some of these people and right. some of the things they did for me. Uh, I, and again, I think the, the acting was, was very well done. The writing was very well done. It's just one of those shows that, you know, it's I think it's one of those shows that I don't, I think, like I said, technically, and I didn't even see what you were talking about, the right. technical aspect right. of doing that almost nearly one shot, but the whole kitchen show type thing. I I'm a fan of that too. So that's one of the reasons it drew me. Well, actually, number one was the fact that you you mentioned it to me. And then, you know, watching a couple episodes, I think it's a very fine show. Very mm-hmm. well done. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I do want to finish. I do want to see. I, I, I'm trying to think of where we left off. Uh, I think it was maybe episode five. Okay. I know we got past that 
four episode mark. But uh, it, I think the last, well, hold on. I think the last thing we may have seen was the the kids party. Yeah, that's like it was hilarious. Four, yeah, so that, yeah, was, that was great when they accidentally drug all the kids. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it, it, it's just it's a really good show. Um, the other thing that I really liked in, in it, like it took me looking up is um, you have these flashbacks to Carmine um, being the sous chef at a Michelin star restaurant in New York City. And his head chef is just constantly like looking over his shoulder and just browbeating him and, and, and is abusive, straight up abusive. And mm. it took me a minute to figure out it was Joel McHale. Yeah, I was about to say, wasn't that Joel so, McHale? Yeah, so that was that was great. Um, all right, I'm going to rattle through my honorable mentions because we've talked about one of yours already, and we both have one, so I'll save that one for last. Um, okay. So Mythic Quest came back for a new season on Apple TV. It was It's really good. Um, it's a different direction for the show, but it's still fun, which is important. Um House of the Dragon, we talk about this. I really liked House of the Dragon. It wasn't without its flaws. Um, and I do think they're going to regret doing a 10-year time jump in the middle of the first season. Uh, the Old Man, which you had mentioned already on FX with Jeff Bridges, was really good. And I can't wait for season two. Uh, Cobra Kai and Warrior Nun. And then the one that we both have on there is Wednesday. And um, I had Wednesday. I actually had both Wednesday and Warrior Nun in my top five before mm-hmm. I really started like thinking about everything I watched for the year. And I didn't want to have like too much recency bias. Um, I think Wednesday was a really, really clever show. And it was really well yeah. done. And it's one of those ones where I'm going to use my favorite word again that used a ton of restraint in the yeah. fact that like not making Wednesday super OP. Yes. Yes. She took her lumps throughout the whole series, and I look forward to her taking more lumps as she continues to grow. And she, I was about to say, and she grew as a character. And you saw moment, the moments of growth. It wasn't just a leap. It was, it was a, a true character arc. And they oh, could yeah. have really gone modern-day yeah. Netflix oh, yeah. and made her an absolute Mary Sue, but they did not right. do that. And they and could have, that, like, push the whole like oh her and her roommate which people are pushing for yeah. leave it alone it is a great sisterly bond that these two characters have in their oscar and felix odd couple way don't mess with that um people have been the people have been doing that for you know so long well yeah you used to be on the initial message boards mm-hmm. of, you know on all this stuff in tv shows and movies yeah people on people denigrate and underestimate the importance and the strength of a true friendship. Right. And that's what her and Enid have. And, and, and I think part of the reason for that is these people don't understand basic human connections. And all they do is correct. read fanfic on Tumblr. These are the people who like, quote unquote, ship the, um, the Winchester boys. Yeah. So they're they, brothers. They don't. I, yeah, I'm aware. Um, no, no. I mean, I'm just saying because there was an yeah. episode where they actually went to another one. And they were like, mm-hmm. they know we're, they understand we're brothers, right? Oh, oh, that's when right. They, yeah, yeah. So, um, and and you know, it's it's uh, it, it's just ridiculous. And it's like you know, they told such a good story, and if they go the gay route with her, like that's just it. It, it devalues everything that the character learned and went through in the first season. 
Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, like, let's be honest, that dance scene is one of the best things that was filmed all year. <laughs> that was great. So, all right. Um, so let's move on to the best of movies. Um, oh, wow. We're going really long today. <laughs> so best of movies. Um we each have five with two honorable mentions. Let's do the honorable mentions first and just get them out of the way since okay. um, they're both different. So why don't you go ahead with your two? Okay. Uh, this was tough. This could have been a, a several movies on there, mm-hmm. but when I think about like overall enjoyment and, and weirdly enough, I had a dream about this even before I thought to put this movie on my list or not this movie, but pray. It was Hulu original, and it was a new take on the Predator franchise, which has struggled, well, to put it lightly, these last couple movies. Right. And I this movie had its flaws. We reviewed it when it came out. Yeah, that was episode 348, all the way back in yeah. August. But I, I have to say, you know, and then getting distance from it, and I, you know, I watched a little bit. I never watched it all the way through a second time yet. But there were a com- couple things they could have done to that w- it would have 100% made my top five. Yeah. But overall, I thought, one, it, this was a great, not reboot, or it right it, the Predator sinking ship based on the last couple movies. It mm-hmm. did a good job of offering us something different. It gave us a couple characters, and you know, the brother, sister, I like their role, their dynamic, but right. when we were talking about the whole thing with Wednesday and taking your lumps, they sort of did that with the main character yeah. uh, who plays by, uh, what is it, Amber Mitha? I, I forgot her name, mm-hmm. but it was, she was too good. Yeah. And that it lost some of some of the honesty it could have gone for if it would have made her yeah a better well player. like when they when she got the bear trap on her leg and she limped it off and then later on when the predator threw it at the one of the trappers it just pink misted his head yes you know um and we both gave this five out of ten by the way yeah so all right um cool what's your next one uh, this one is I think it's definitely a better movie than Prey and it almost made my list is shut in is so this one Daily Wire. is on my list so yeah we can get more into that when when i talk about yeah. it if that's all right yeah uh, yeah i was just so, gonna say it, it's yeah. a great small movie it's mm-hmm. a small cast so well acted and well I'll, I'll leave the rest to you but i really enjoyed that movie yeah um all right so my two were uh, a christmas story christmas on hbo max um because one it made a christmas story two not ever exist, which is great. Um, <laughs> and it uh, it was definitely the it, it definitely had all of the heart and soul in reverence for Christmas that a Christmas story had. Um, it helped that Peter Billingsley and pretty much all of the actors uh, were back. Obviously, the the dad was uh, has passed on. And real life, and uh, the woman that played their mom just didn't want to do it, so you know they recast that role, but it worked perfectly. Um, I had to be like, wait, she didn't. That wasn't. Hold on. Um, <laughs> so that was really, it was really good. And um, the the whole Scott Farkas thing halfway through the movie or near the end of the movie, I guess, was was really really good as well. Um, and then uh, my other one is a, it's a documentary from the Daily Wire called Was a Woman. 
um, it was, it's, it's a very poignant take on the definition of a woman. Um, we reviewed it, right? We reviewed it, didn't we? Yes. We yes. Did. We reviewed it. Um, I, I, I found it, it, it was very interesting. It was something that I sat down and watched with my 15 year old, um, just to get her thinking. And, you know, and, and it's funny how people have attacked the movie as being transphobic. And at, at no point during the film does he take a side on any of that other than for what they're giving kids, um, which, you know, there's a Hippocratic oath that these doctors are just flat out ignoring at this point. Uh, and it's, it's very clear, but just the hypocrisy of people is, is put on display for this when, you know, I don't know, as someone with a daughter, I, I, I worry greatly for, you know, the future of, of what roles she'll be able to place as a play as a woman when you have men entering that arena cosplaying or uh, woman facing as it is. Um, so yeah, that was, that was, um, on my honorable mentions. And I, it's not online, but I thought that was a brilliant documentary. Just, it's just a sad state of affairs with some of this, where we are in some of this stuff. But I, I love the, the way Matt Walsh presented this and the people he talked to, and you could tell these people either didn't think about what they're doing and they know they under, or they understand that it's, it's, it's deliberately wrong or they just, I don't, I don't know, but I just saw, I just love the way he presented things, the questions he asked and the, the conversation that if people, all, all people would actually look at this mm-hmm. people that just go with the flow of what they think is, you know, the right thing or not when I say the right thing, what the media portrays and what, some of these societies portray Mm -hmm. if they see this and actually think about it, like truly think about it because like, like there's this um, quote I have for some of the stuff I'm reading 2% of people think 3% of people think they think and 95% of people would rather die than think. Right. And seeing something like this, that actually makes you stop and get out of your feelings, get out of your emotions and actually think with a rational mind. Mm-hmm. And that's that's one of the things I think or not. I think that's one of the things that have been lost in this generation of Twitter, Instagram right. and all that stuff. Right. Cool. All right. Um, so we have two again. Um, so the first one we have is it was actually my probably my favorite movie of the year. Uh, Top Gun Maverick. Um, Same here. It was the sequel 30 years in the making that we didn't know we were going to love. Uh, <laughs> And uh, I'm, a, I'm very fond of saying it, it, it is a great movie, but it's also just a normal movie from 2012. And people are obviously like begging for that to have these non-political, non-woke, just great storytelling, fun special effects, or not even special effects, fun just like Tom Cruise shenanigans um, with characters that have a good story that are told. Yes. And you, I mean, you, I think you said this before, maybe even before we reviewed it, but uh, Tom Cruise is the only true movie star left. Oh, he's the last of a, of a breed that we will never see again. There will never yeah. be the, I'm going to the Tom Cruise movie. You don't even say it about that. You, you have a Brad Pitt movie on this list and it's like, oh, you just say that movie title, not I'm going to the Brad Pitt movie. And it's really yeah. funny how far 
Like, this is a commentary on how far entertainment has fallen. Because it used to be, oh, I'm going to go see the Scorsese or the Coppola or the Spielberg movie, right? Or uh, the Woody Allen movie. And then it was, uh, I'm going to go see the Schwarzenegger, the Stallone, the Cruise, the Willis, the Julia Roberts movie, you know? And now it's like, I'm just going to go see whatever this is. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. The Marvel movie. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to go see the latest like superhero movie or I'm going to go watch this latest, uh, you know, thing that Ruin Johnson is trying to shove down our throats and, and you know, suck at life in general. Yeah. I, I love this movie. Was, yep. It was, uh, I think you hear know, it was a love letter to X, Y, or Z. This was not, it was a love letter to movies in the sense of how movies sh- mm-hmm. used to be and yep. they and hopefully we get back to how how they are is where not not just entertaining with all the stuff you said but this was also and and some of the crazy the crazy stunts that made this feel even more real this is a movie you you're not going to get the same effect if you don't see this movie in the theater um, doesn't mean you can't love I, it. You know what? If you have like an 80-inch 4K TV, like this movie. Like You're, I have a 55-inch 4K TV, and this movie looks fantastic. So No, it's it's not it's the not, same. With, no, I know it's not the same, but I think like for people who didn't get a chance to see it in the theater, like watch it in a dark room, and you, you will get an yeah. amazing experience. If you have yeah, some it, sort of like sound, like surround sound type thing, turn that to the max it'll go. Yeah. Yeah, and again, it's not about enjoying it. You're still going to, because even without the stunts, I really love, love this movie. Even without the airplane sequences, mm-hmm. I really love this movie just because of the character moments. I'm just talking about from a standpoint of just kind of like the, the original Avatar. It, it's it's a different experience in the theaters that just makes it even that much better. It was all, it, because right. this is my favorite movie of the year. This is absolutely my favorite movie of the year. I've watched it a lot of times. Let's just put it that yeah, way. Same. But I mean, it, it and in, in some ways it makes it's it's an emotional connection I have to a lot of the stuff that's growing up I used to watch. So that's an extra added thing oh, for yeah. me that everybody that you don't necessarily you don't need to have to enjoy it. But for me, that was just an additional notch on this belt where you know, I, I was I love the fact that I got to watch the last probably like thirty minutes with my parents and my sister while they were still here. Yeah, and just watching their reactions to things, mm-hmm. uh, especially my dad and, yeah. and my sister because she's really animated and very emotional, mm-hmm. which was great, especially for those those scenes. But I can't say enough about this movie. I just really can't. I could keep talking about this movie, but you know, I it, it's just a great movie. My right. my number one movie of the year. Yeah, uh, I like this movie so much when I got home from seeing it the first time and I logged into my Apple TV and it was like, hey, pre-order. I didn't even think about it. I just pre-ordered it. <laughs> like, you know, I was maybe home for a half hour. Um, all right. So our next one that we had in common is Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. And this is my second favorite movie of the year. Um, yes, it is mine. <laughs> I... Uh, I kind of forced you to watch this. I'm not going to lie. I'm like, you have to watch this. We have to review it. Um, I just bought it based on the preview. Um, And yeah, it's, uh, it's such a fun movie. It's, you know, Michelle Yeoh, uh, 
Kihu Kwan, Stephanie Su, Jamie Lee Curtis, James Wong, Jenny Slate. Um, and it's directed by Daniel Kwan and Daniel Scheibert. I think that's how you say his last name. Um, they're uh, a directing duo um, who are, uh, you know, really, really good directors, at really oddball stuff. They also directed uh, Swiss Army Man with Daniel Radcliffe, which you have not, if you have not seen, you should definitely watch. I have not seen that. So, um, but yeah, this movie looked really good. It's A24. And I, I mean, what are we talking about? Like A24, at least for us, has a success rate of probably about like 75% or greater Yeah, for yep. things that we like. It's a, it's a studio that you know you're going to get something interesting and something fun um, most of the time. And we talk about so much how Hollywood is all, all about derivative a lot mm -hmm. of times. A24 takes chances. And again, all those chances do not play pan out. But like you said, you're hitting 70, 75% of the things that I've seen I've liked with A24. That's a damn good hit rate. Yep. For creating unique experiences. Mm -hmm. So this was, I, I just, I love this movie as well. Yeah. It, it, this is another movie with probably like 15 minutes in. I just, I smiled the rest of the way. Mm -hmm. uh, not, not laughing out loud or anything. There were some laugh out loud moments, but just smiling because it was just such an enjoyable experience. Michelle Yeoh, was great and she's so good at good in this I, mm -hmm. I i can even ignore the train wreck that is the witcher blood origin that she's in yeah that's not her fault. i'm not she's gonna watch it but she's just giving a paycheck yeah um yeah, the sometimes best, it happens you know what sometimes it happens the best thing yeah. about this movie was racket cooney oh my gosh it was hands down the the best thing about this movie um oh interesting uh a24 is doing the iron claw um, with Zac Efron oh, the, and JF. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I didn't know yeah. that. They were doing so, that. They also did The Whale, so which I definitely want to see. Now, that's the other thing. Is this list is just the movies that we've seen. Yeah. There are, right. there yeah. are quite a few movies we didn't get a chance to go see. Or, like I said, to start, hey, there are some movies I, I watched mm -hmm. the first 30 minutes of. I started watching the Guillermo del Toro Pinocchio Thought it was, I thought it was actually pretty decent, but I was like, that's not going to be on my list. Did you say the thing this. about Pinocchio being child trafficking? No. Oh, I have to send this to you. I don't. It's hilarious. Uh, <laughs> the Sea Beast. Oh, you're going to have to say, yeah. yeah. The Sea Beast was one. And uh, there was an, oh, All Quiet on the Western Front, which mm. I was halfway through. It's Netflix. That movie is visceral. Let's just put it that way. It just shows you the just horrors of the war such a well done i mean i love yeah. the book um yeah, oh yeah but uh yeah but yeah these are the movies we've seen so there's a lot of stuff like you just mentioned the whale uh i really want to see that because brendan frazier's in it and just heard some good things about it yeah but uh so yeah everything everywhere all at once great movie yep uh fan fan fantastic all right what do you got next i have a you know, a Hindi movie, uh, a, a Nollywood movie. Yes. <laughs> okay, we're not talking about pirates. <laughs> no, but that's what is it. You're not the R. Yeah, it is R R R, which I always forget. It's like Rise Revolt and something. No, it, it stands is for very... rivets, radiators, and radials. It is. <laughs> 
loosely based on funny enough it is loosely based on two freedom fighters uh in indian history like real 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 individuals when you know india was you know fighting the british to get the british out of india or and all and like back in the early 1920s uh but it, it is when we were talking about when we mentioned how the importance of friendship and when we mentioned Wednesday, this RRR is basically a bromance movie mixed like at, at the heart of it is a bromance movie. But then there's just some just ridiculously fantastical action sequences. I mean, they, they storm this palace with a bunch of animals, which was incredible. But it, it in its heart, it's it's a movie about you know these two friends, and on opposite sides of things, and not knowing each other is on an opposite side of the same fight per per se. And I absolutely loved it. And, and you know they have they actually you know Bollywood, Hollywood, and Nollywood. I, evidently, all of these movies have dance numbers in it the dance number in this one is it's is great and these guys watching them dance it's just you know they're that triple threat like sing dance act and it's it's such a great it's such a fun movie uh it's it's a pretty long movie i think it's almost three hours long i absolutely this is going to be one of those movies i'm going to watch once a year at least once a year it's just such a fun movie and like i said it's about entertaining the audience which should be the number one aspect of a movie and the fact that it has crazy just crazy action in it and two characters that you can see how they love and care for each other these two men like the their bond and watching them there is actually a um what, what do you call it? it's it's one of those um compilation scenes where it shows these guys becoming friends after they save this kid from drowning it's it's just such yeah. a good movie. I I recommend absolutely recommend it uh, for people who are lo- just looking for something different. It is subtitled. Uh, I mean, you can get the dubbed version, the English dub, but I always watch subtitle movies like this. I always watch with the subtitles because I I just think that usually when you do the English, um, yeah, you know, the English dub, it just loses something so rrr's number is on my list it's yeah. probably the third my third favorite movie of the year not cool. probably it is yeah just behind everything everywhere all at once cool all right uh my next one is shut in from the daily wire which is on your honorable mention um it's very very hitchcockian um it's directed by dj caruso it also stars andy mcdowell's daughter um and I'm 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 a big DJ Caruso fan. Like he did Disturbia, which is a modern take under a window. Um, he did I Am Number Four, which yes, I understand is a bad movie, but I love it. Fuck off. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he did Drop Zone again, one of my favorite movies of all time for being a bad movie. Uh, the Point of No Return, you know. So I mean, he's got he's got some um, some like you know some some hits and misses. He did Eagle Eye. Um, he also did. Triple X, The Return of Xander Cage, which was essentially just a Fast and Furious movie that Vin Diesel couldn't get out of the way of making. So, um, but no, it's, it's, I love how self-contained it is. I mean, it's, um, it's very much in the vein of that Ryan Reynolds movie Buried, which if you have not seen and you are not like 
too anxious about the idea of death and being buried alive, you should definitely watch. Not seeing that either. Um, but no, I mean, it, it, this is just like, this is the kind of stuff that like independent studios needs to be making. Uh, if this movie cost $10 million to make, I'd be shocked. Um, and, and I'm going to say it again, like, and I should have said this about um, what is a woman, but the Daily Wire needs to put this stuff out for people to buy, not just get by having to subscribe to their service. Yes. And They're, that's how they will grow. Yeah. You put out good stuff. People are going to, especially, I think, especially now where a lot of people are disillusioned. You put out things like this. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and, and again, this, this wasn't as good as Shut In, but another movie they had out was The Hyperions, which was yeah. a nice, unique. I mean, I think they just picked up the uh, distribution rights to that one. Right. But you, you make, you bring out good stuff or entertaining things. Because again, the number one thing is, is it entertaining? Not necessarily, I know people think good versus entertaining right. it's it's am i entertained are you not entertained as maximus hmm. said and i i thought you know shut in was a was a very good mm -hmm. movie it was very small movie like you said very intimate which made for that that made it that much more tense right uh the, the intimacy of it and just that small setting is just in this house and it's most of the scene take most of this movie takes place in what three rooms not maybe. even i mean like it's most yeah. of the time she's in the pantry yeah so i so, really yeah really uh enjoyed this movie like i said it almost made my top five yeah. not quite but I, I i look forward to them bringing more movies like this to the table yeah and uh rainy quali who is andy mctowell's daughter was great she oh was absolutely so she was. great um all right what do you have next uh, next, I have a Netflix fair, The Adam Project. Again, uh, this is a Ryan Reynolds movie. Uh, Mark Ruffalo was it was in it as well. Uh, but again, this is primarily a Ryan Reynolds vehicle, time travel. Does and... he go full Reynolds though? He kind of does, but there are moments where he dials it back down. But yeah, you're you're right, and uh, oh. Gamora was in it too. <laughs> oh, Zoe Saldana. Yes, I I really had a lot of fun with this movie. It was again one of those movies that if you look at it from oh, is but is it good? I don't care. Right. Was I entertained and did it make me smile? Did it make me laugh? Did it you know hit some emotional aspect in me? It absolutely hit all those notes, and that's the most important thing. Uh, there are some good fight scenes in there, but mm -hmm. overall. It was it was just about a guy who lost his dad, and you know you see him grow up, and he comes back, you know comes back in time, meets his younger self who had just lost his dad, and just that, just watching that back and forth, and what happens when you know this this kid you know lo the, loses his dad, and then some of the anger of that lost he takes out on his mom, and then Jennifer Gardner plays his mother, mm -hmm. you know she was in as well. But you know, there's I I love this movie. I had so much fun with this movie, and it it, it again does a movie move you, mm -hmm. whether it be an action movie, a drama, a Hitchcockian, whatever it is. Right. Does it move you emotionally in some way? Does it get you hyped? Does it you know make you cry? This movie was just it's just one of those things where it moves you, and I really really enjoyed it. Cool, very cool. 
Um, all right. So my next one is um, the unbearable weight of massive talent with uh, Nick Cage and old puffy face. Um, it's directed by Tom Gormican, who also directed um, that movie, that awkward moment with Zac Efron and Michael B. Jordan and uh, Miles Teller. Uh, <laughs> so everything that you just said about um, the Adam project, like, that's how this movie is. It's completely over the top. It's Nick Cage playing himself, um, which is great. And it looks, it's, 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 it's shot wonderfully. It, it looks great. Um, the cast is really good. Even the, the cast of like who is playing who later on, like when they make the movie of the adventure that he goes on is, is fantastic. Um, I will say, Tiffany Haddish is in, is in this movie. And other than Keanu, I have not liked her in any movie until this one. <laughs> so yeah, I don't find her funny. Her. I don't find her to be an actor. Um, she's like a female version of The Rock. It's just, it's Tiffany Haddish <laughs> doing her stand-up bit everywhere she is. So I guess the next thing, Tiff, is to get some gear and maybe some Samoan tattoos, maybe do a, a photo shot with a, with a turtleneck and a fat fanny pack. Um, almost said something bad there. Um, <laughs> I know. <laughs> anyway. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, you can be the female rock because that's your range. Um, but no, this was good. I even like puffy face in this. Puffy face? Pablo Hidalgo. Oh, you mean um, because he looks like he might have the mumps. Oh, you face. mean uh, you mean the man Mando was in this? Yeah. When remember when oh. he took the helmet off and his face was all puffy? Yeah. Yeah, that's why I call him pu- old puffy face. Oh, okay. So yes, Uh-oh. Pablo Pablo Hidalgo or Pablo Hidalgo Pedro Pablo Pascal, Pascal. Pablo Pedro Hidalgo. Pascal. Yeah, yeah. Pa- Pablo uh, Hidalgo is is a whole different story of douchebaggedness that we don't need to get into at the moment. Yeah. But Pedro Pascal, yes, he's in this. And I actually liked him in this. So, but playing the, uh, I'm not going to spoil it. I playing, almost, playing the head of a cartel is, uh, yeah. it suits him. You know what? I almost bought this when you told me this was on your list. You should definitely buy this movie. It. You should, this is well worth watching. If you, if you ever enjoyed Con Air, Face off, or the I rock. Want his face off. Want his face off. Did you do the facial motion where you pull the face off? Yes, I did. of course I did it, too. Yes, um, <laughs> you have to face off. Uh, put the bony back in the box. Um, <laughs> you will like this movie. Yeah, I, I, I will definitely check so, this one out. Um, sweet. All right. So, what's your last one? This one was up in the air until I I went back to my old trope or not my old trope but the idea what I just what we just mentioned of these last two movies is it fun Bullet Train uh, from Brad Pitt it's funny enough I bought this movie like a month and a half two months ago and then like a month six weeks later it was on on Netflix yeah I did I, like, I did the same thing because I bought it because it was like on sale for nothing yeah and I was like oh right. sweet and then oh wait no it's on sale. <laughs> damn it yeah. so this movie is over the top it's ridiculous especially the last act is crazy 
but in the all the good ways. And then in between that, it has a, it has this type of Guy Ritchie like dialogue between characters. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Adam Taylor Johnson, Brian Tyree, uh, Brad Pitt, obviously. Sandra Bullock is the voice on the phone. Yeah. Uh, Zazie Beetz is in there. Uh, Karen, was it Fukunara, who who plays the woman in The Boys? She's, mm-hmm. I mean, but she's yeah. in a little, little bit part. Uh, you have Michael Shannon in here as this Russian, like yeah. this Russian crime lord. See, it's I just missed, so I missed, many. Games. I didn't see him. I sl- I, I slept through that part. <laughs> oh, dang! I forgot you ever. Oh you no, no, it's finish, fine. You're, you're feeling more. Yeah, than it's. About it. it's I mean, I've seen I've seen the beginning and the end, so like I feel like I'm pretty good. Uh, so did you see Ryan Reynolds' cameo? No, I missed that. Oh, it's hilarious. Okay, but this movie is so much fun. Uh, like I said, in between the crazy action. You have the dialogue. My the st- they steal the show is uh, uh, Alan. Uh, Alan is it Alan Taylor Johnson or no Aaron Taylor Johnson? I'm yeah. sorry, Aaron Taylor Johnson and Brian Tyree as Tangerine and Lemon as their twin <laughs> brothers. Those their their chemistry together, dude. You mentioned Thomas the Tank Engine one more time. I'm gonna shoot you in the fucking head. <laughs> What's that? I, I, it yeah. is so well. So the fact that Brian Tyree movie was me. good in a movie is shocking. Yeah, he right? was great. Like he's both only of them ever are... been good as Paperboy on Atlanta. Oh, I still, I still have not watched more than like an ep- half yeah. an episode of that from it's a few years right. ago. It's all right. It's all but right. I, I, I mean, it's one of those where I, I, I again, not a good movie, not by any stretch, but this movie is so much damn fun. I, this is another movie. I will. It's one of those where if it's on, I, I will absolutely watch it because it's so much fun. Yeah, it's so much such a fun movie. Cool, cool, cool. All right. So my last one is an animated movie: uh, Batman and Superman: The Battle of the Super Sons. I will be watching that, by the way, when it comes on uh, the Max on just tomorrow. Just, it comes out tomorrow. Son of a bitch. Yeah, I just I, I looked it up just yeah. like as like I looked it on here and I looked it up and it's like oh, it becomes available on December thirty first. Son of a bitch. Anyway, <laughs> so this is uh this is the coming of age story of Jonathan Kent getting his superpowers and becoming the reluctant sidekick to uh, Damian Wayne, who is the sidekick to Batman. <laughs> <laughs> so, but. I was just going to say, we both talked about how much we love this, the initial run of the Super the, Sons. The, the Peter J. Tomasi version of the Super oh Sons is great. Oh, my gosh. Um, Brian Michael Bendis and Tom Taylor should be dipped into live volcanoes like tea bags um, for what they've done to John Kent, in my opinion. Uh, um, yes. And Tom, while you're at it, quit Nightwing, too. Um, <laughs> actually, just quit. Quit comics. Yeah. Like maybe, Don't just go away. Don't. Yeah. Don't, don't go away mad. Just go away. Don't, don't, no. Go away mad. Be mad that you suck. And you're a <laughs> gaslighting liar. Anyway, um, so the voice casting in this is really good. The one weird thing is they made Jimmy Olsen black. Um, is it Jane? Really, no, it was still Jimmy. It was still Jimmy. Um, <laughs> but. Anyway, uh, the voice casting was great. So Jack uh, Griffo is the voice of Damien, which he did great. The only uh, the only bad thing about Damien was the character design of his hair. Uh, it was like a hard man haircut, like with a straight up like bangs, like 
plastered like the wall on the southern border should be border should be. Um, and it was just didn't look right. Uh, and then Jack Dylan Grazer was uh, John, who is uh, Shazam's buddy in the Shazam movies. Oh, okay, yeah. So Freddie, Freddie Freeman, right? No, nah, I don't think that's his name. That's something else. Um, anyway, baseball but, player. Uh, yeah, that's right. Um, you had Troy Baker, who was the voice of Batman, which is great because he's voiced the Joker a couple times. Um, Tom Kenny, who is the voice of SpongeBob, is the voice of Green Arrow. Uh, Nolan North was, and this is, I really like that they did this. Nolan North was the, oh, sorry, Nolan North was the voice of Jorel. Which um, Nolan North is a like he's a great like voice actor. Um, Travis Willingham was Clark Kent in Superman, and he was really he was he he was really really good in in the role. Um, and, and like if they're going to do more like Superman stuff, I would love to see him be that voice. Um, and then oh, uh, real quick, oh real yeah, quick. Sorry. Yeah. His name was Freddie Freeman. And oh, okay, cool. So uh, I thought that was right. Um, I have too much like nerdness up here to keep things straight from time <laughs> to time. Um, but no, so they, this is an interesting trope that DC has gone to now a second time is actually a third time uh, getting a team together using Starro and Starro trying to take over the earth as a way to have superheroes rise to the occasion. <laughs> Starro, man. He's like just Starro, man. I mean, I love Starro the Conqueror. Starro is great. Starro is the reason the Justice League got together in the cartoon or in the comic books. Um, but yeah, and it was really fun because, uh, you know, Starro, Starro took over. Um, Watching uh, watching Damien and John have to figure it out as John's powers are, like, turning on. You know what I mean? Like, he doesn't mm – -hmm. when, when it first starts, he doesn't have powers. And and then, like, they slowly turn on. And there's a little bit of Mary Sue-ness there. Um, but there's also, uh, like, a great scene where Damien takes John to the Fortress of Solitude. Oh, that's. It's just like, wait, hold on. Damien knows about the. Damien knows how to. Wait, Damien knows how to tell John how to get into the Fortress of Solitude. It was fantastic. Um, and it's, uh, it's fun too because it's early on in Bruce and Damien's relationship as father and son. Hmm. So, I, um, and then you get Damien's menagerie of pets, which is super fun. Um, and there's a great little like cow gag in there with John. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's, uh, it, it's a lot of fun. It's really good. Um, the Starro stuff is really great. The justice league stuff is great. Um, the teen Titans, there's a bunch of, there's a teen, the teen Titans are in there for a little bit as well. And it's just, it was of the of the DC animated stuff that came out this year, this was far and away the best. Um, that Catwoman thing that came out was an abomination. And the uh, Beware My Power, they, for some reason, gave most of Kyle Rayner's story to Jon Stewart. So Yeah, yeah you told, I remember you said that. But it I? was still decent, you know? It was still decent enough. Um, but it was pretty violent, 
like, you know, like more violent than I felt like it needed to be for a cartoon to get people interested in Green Lantern. Um, but yeah, so that was, that was my, that was my fifth one. The, um, it's that new animation style too, which I, I'm really kind of digging. Um, they got away from like the Justice League Doom animation where everything kind of looked flat and everybody had pointy chins. Mm. And no yeah, max. I'm looking forward to seeing this. So, yeah. So, yeah. That Damien's one, and, Damien watch. and John's first kiss was sweet too. Could you imagine? This would now, that would, if that happened, that would be nowhere near my list. It'd be like, why? <laughs> no. What are you doing? <laughs> what is wrong with you? So I will long? definitely be watching your last two, the last two movies on your top five list. Yeah, I will. Um, the ones that, I mean, other than like finishing Bullet Train at some point, I won't be watching or, or The Autumn Project. Wait a minute. I thought you watched The Adam Project for some reason. No, I didn't have Netflix when it came out. And honestly, oh, that's what it was. Yeah. I completely it forgot it was a thing until you just mentioned it. Well, I actually forgot it came out until I was looking at a list uh, a couple days ago of movies that came out. Yeah. It's like, oh, shit. This, again, this is one of those years. Like these last couple of years, sometimes it's just like I, things run together, honestly. Right. Right. So, yeah. Cool. All right. On that note, happy new year. Enjoy 2023. We're going to be back. Hopefully we're going to have a live episode at some point this year, uh, live on location at least. And uh, yeah. Any last words, D? No, just have a great uh, new year and hopefully we started off right with a Michigan victory. Go blue. Go dogs. <laughs> Bastard. <laughs> See ya. The Infamous Podcast is recorded in Kings Mills, Ohio, just north of Cincinnati. You can find new episodes every Sunday on Apple Podcast, YouTube, Spotify, Google Podcast, our website, or anywhere podcasts are downloaded. This show is hosted by Daryl Jasper and me, Brian Tudor. To find more information about the show, visit us at infamouspodcast.com and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Infamous Podcast to keep up with the show. We also have a Patreon page, patreon.com slash infamous podcast. We have some great rewards for our patrons and are looking for help to grow the show to bring you more of the content you want to hear. Music for this podcast is provided by Michael Henry from meetmichaelhenry.com. So whenever you're listening to us, have a great day, night, evening, weekend, whenever it is, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening.